You're listening to the Vibrant Happy Women podcast, episode number five. Self-love is one of the most critical pieces of being human because with self-love comes self-forgiveness, comes acceptance. Um, and it's only when we can give those gifts to ourselves that we can extend that same kindness to others. Welcome to the Vibrant Happy Women podcast, stories of vibrant women living happy lives. And now your host, Jen Riday. On our last episode, I chatted with my good friend, Stephanie Rogers, and we learned about how important and helpful it is to find that one thing or multiple things, perhaps, that you love to do. Stephanie loves volunteering at a local halfway house. And for you, it might be creating a business or learning a musical instrument. The sky's the limit. One thing's certain, doing something you love makes you so much happier and fulfilled. Today, I'll be talking with Carrie Hensley from CarrieHensley.com. She's what I would describe as an earthy, grounded woman. She loves yoga and meditation, as well as motorcycles and nature. Carrie tells us more about her journey from self-loathing to self-love and how we all can shift into a place of greater self-love and authenticity. So with that, let's jump into our interview, and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to today's episode of Vibrant Happy Women. I am so excited to introduce my guest today, Carrie Hensley. Carrie describes herself as a survivor. She's been sober for 22 years. She loves yoga and has been a yoga instructor for 18 years and has created a thriving online community where she teaches women how to dig deep, to sift through the layers of doubt, fear, and judgment, and to use powerful tools like yoga to connect to their inner guru, reclaim their intrinsic worth, and live life on their terms. She lives with her husband and her son, Drew, who is 20. Carrie, what a great bio. I love that. So I would love for you to tell us more about that. Well, thank you so much, Jen, first of all, for uh, including me in your series and having me on today. Yoga has been my lifeline for the past 18 years. It really has allowed me to do a lot of the personal healing that I needed to do in order to be uh, who I want to be as a human being. And then also it allows me to be um, a good wife to my husband, Chris, and, and a mom to our son, Drew, and, and just allows me to show up authentically in the world. That's great. So what other hobbies do you have? I love anything outdoors. So we, my husband and I are avid uh, kayakers, uh, hikers, we mountain bike, uh, we both have motorcycles. So it's a, a, another tool for me to just reconnect to my true nature. Carrie and I are Facebook friends. I just happened to see a picture of, of you <laughs> with a bunch of bruises. What happened? So... <laughs> We, my husband and I love to do everything 100%. And so um, I've only been mountain biking for the last couple months. And I was coming down a hill and um, hit my front brake a little too hard and forgot that you actually have to let go. So I flipped off my handlebars <laughs> and did a somersault and took my bike with me. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> and back on the bike, ready to go again. <laughs> nice. Back on the bike. That's how we do it, right? Right, exactly. So we like to start off every show with our guest's favorite quote or a motto. Do you have one of those for us? I do. My absolute favorite quote is, the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are by Joseph Campbell. 
I think especially as women, this is so important for us to remember that it's okay to be ourselves. It's not selfish. It's not, um, you know, we each come to this lifetime with specific gifts um, and talents to share and make the world a better place. And so if we can remember that being ourselves is a, a gift, we show up authentically. I love that. I frequently use the analogy of, you know, all the varieties of birds out there. They're all different colors, different flight patterns, different foods, different habitats, yet each one is beautiful and amazing. And if we'd stop trying to all be like um, the cardinal or the, right. the bluebird, we, we can celebrate all our differences. So I love that quote. Yeah, that quote. We'd like to start out the show with delving into your low point because we all struggle and part of being a vibrant, happy woman is experiencing that struggle, reaching the aha moment, and then getting through that and moving upwards again. So tell us about your lowest moment and the events leading up to that. Sure. So my lowest point was really in college. Um, It was just before my 22nd birthday. And at that point, I was in the throes of my addiction, um, drug and alcohol addiction. About seven or eight years prior, I I realized I was abused as a child. I had suppressed those memories. And and at about that point that I remembered about the abuse, I just started drinking to forget um, and really to mask the feelings of shame and uh, feelings of unworthiness and feeling that I was damaged somehow. Um, And so alcohol really became my salvation. Uh, It was an enabler for me to be angry. I could push people away. It it was the most fantastic numbing experience that I had. Um, and so, and I still vividly remember it 22 years later, uh, sitting around and I just, I, I just absolutely hated myself. Uh, and to the point where I just wanted to die. Um, and you know, when you get to that point and you start plotting out, well, I'm just going to go to the store and they'll know I'm drunk and I'll get arrested. I can't even do that correctly. And it just, it just broke me. It was just that, that point of just complete desperation, just despair, hopelessness, um, completely feeling lost and not really sure, uh, how to get out of that hole and, and what to do. So, um, so, so you actually, you actually wanted to be arrested, huh? No, not arrested. I actually wanted to, I was plotting my suicide and I was so drunk that I thought, well, okay, if I get to the store, they're going to know I'm drunk and they're going to, so, you know, just these, these random, um, thoughts. So just, yeah, just really wanting that, that wanting it to be done, that yeah, just yeah. not able to deal with the pain anymore. Oh, wow. So how did you get out of that that dark place? You know, at that point, I had been hearing voices and blacking out, and I actually reached out to God and said, I can't do this. I need help. I need to do something different with my life, and if you help me get out of this, I will devote the rest of my life to making a difference in the world. And it wasn't like it happened overnight. Some other big moments of recognizing that I was hopeless and I needed a power greater than myself to help me get out of this. And really, that was the beginning of a 
uh, an incredible relationship that I have with Source now. And that has been my guiding principle for the last 22 years. And then realizing that I have a different path and every step that I took that was different than the expectations of whether it's my family of origin or the culture or society, that's how I slowly began to shift and really trust myself in my path, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, exactly what you said with that quote at the beginning, being your authentic self and really starting to, to love yourself, it sounds like. Yes, yes. So looking back on that dark time and then starting to pull out of that, what's the one clear lesson you learned during that time? Oh my goodness, there's been so many lessons. And I think the biggest lesson is self-love is one of the most critical pieces of being human because with self-love comes self-forgiveness, comes acceptance. Um, and it's only when we can give those gifts to ourselves that we can extend that same kindness to others. So if I'm judging myself, I'm going to judge others. If I can't forgive myself, I can't forgive others. So I think it's really that personal relationship that we have with ourselves. Everything else stems from that sense of love and forgiveness and acceptance. Mm, that's beautiful. Many of our listeners might be struggling in a dark place. Maybe not exactly like yours, but dark is dark, hard is hard. Yeah. What, what advice would you have for them? That, oh, that just gave me the chills, Jen, asking that question. Um, because I know that place so well. And you feel so isolated and alone that my recommendation would be reach out to someone that you know or think could help you um, and and be very specific in how you're reaching out for help. You know, one of my favorite authors is Brené Brown. Um, and I'm sure for many of your listeners, you know, they, they gravitate towards her. And one of the things that she says that I, I just take to heart is not everyone is worthy of your story or of holding your space. And I think oftentimes we give our power, we want someone to help us that isn't capable of, of that support and it ends up being more toxic. So my advice is just know somewhere deep within you just that thread that you're not alone and that it doesn't have to feel this way, that it, it can be different and it can be the most amazing life that you never even dreamed possible. Yes, that is so, so true. You transitioned into a healthier place and started the yoga community. Tell us more about that. My online community really started because um, I had a brick and mortar yoga studio for seven years and the community was incredible. Um, we did a lot of fundraising and we, uh, there were a group of us that shaved our head um, in solidarity for kids going through cancer and raised $25,000 for kids' cancer research. And I just missed that sense of connection because I think we sometimes we can be so competitive, especially as women, we tend to compare our worst with everyone else's best. And so what I found when you come together in community and start sharing your feelings, it's very validating because you realize you're so much more alike than you are different. And so I started the online community because I just missed that sense of camaraderie. And we do a live monthly online yoga class. We have a book club. Uh, we have monthly Dharma calls where we talk about a specific theme and how we can apply that to our personal and professional lives. And really it, it started 
decided selfishly to fill in my own need of community. And it's just so beautiful to see these women come together and support each other. Um, we have women in Italy and Switzerland and uh, Canada, just all over. So it's neat to, to just see how much more we are alike. So where can we find that community? So you can find it on my website. It's uh, carriehensley.com. Okay. And then the the name of the community is Sacred Sangha. And Sangha is Sanskrit for community. Ooh, sacred community. I like that. Yeah. And it's great. You know, I try and keep it affordable. It's 108 for the year because I want it to be a supplemental um, experience for people who might not be able to get to their yoga class. So there's yoga, meditations. But we do an all-day virtual retreat once a year in January. And that's fun where we come together and make a vision board and talk about what our, our goals are going to be for the year. And we do yoga and meditation. And I love it. So that's at carriehensley.com. We'll have to check that out. So Vibrate Happy Living today, aside from your yoga community, tell us about some other things that make your life vibrant and happy. So my greatest joys are, are my husband, Chris, who we've been together for over 20 years, and our son, Drew. And as a, I think for those of us who are parents, you know, that maybe have been in dark places that maybe didn't have that ideal childhood um, to be able to see that we can change the patterns and allow our children to really thrive and become who they are. That's for me, one of my greatest gifts um, as a, as a parent to be able to, uh, to observe. Um, I love to read um, and spend time with my friends. I think that's, you know, again, just being around for me, the, the, just the joys are that sense of connection and uh, relationships is where I just really, it feeds my soul. Mm -hmm. Have there been times when you saw yourself sliding into those old patterns and, and how have you changed that up and made it different? Absolutely. I think <laughs> there have been many times where I just think, oh my gosh, you're supposed to be a yoga teacher. Who, who is this person? And, you know, I think uh, one of my key mottos is we're spiritual beings having human experiences, not human beings having spiritual experiences. And so when I catch myself slipping into those less than stellar behavior <laughs> modes, I just have to give myself a little bit of space and remember I'm human. This is why I'm here in this lifetime is to learn and to grow. And so when I do slip, I'm, I'm the first to admit, Hey, I screwed up. You know, I apologize. Uh, what can we do to change the scenario? Just to really remind everyone around me how human I am. Mm. Oh, wow. You, you really do follow your motto of being authentic. You know, I think many of us were taught that it's not acceptable to make a mistake. We were taught that we had to be perfect. You know, and I, I think I say on my website, I'm a recovering people pleaser and a recovering perfectionist. And and I'm, I'm sure many of your listeners can relate. You know, we weren't taught that it's okay to make a mistake. And so you, you have to scramble to make it right rather than, you know, for me, it's more important that my son Drew knows that it's okay to be human. That's why we're here on this lifetime. Make as many mistakes as you can, as long as you're learning from them. Yes. Um, and sometimes it's easier to say that than do right mm -hmm. and I always like to think okay instead of being totally devastated by a mistake just say hey I'm one more step closer to that full success every mistake is a step closer and just celebrate them right 
Right. And I think, it, yes, and you make such a good point because I know for me, especially, it, you know, when I make a mistake or when I disappoint someone, it's so easy to get hooked into that old space of you can't do anything right or look at this or oh my gosh. And yes, I'm one step closer from to learning really how to do it correctly. Exactly. We have reached my favorite part of the show where we talk about a few of your favorite things. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. A favorite personal habit that contributes to your success. What would that be? For me, it's the yoga and mindfulness meditation. That's something that I practice every day. And we have even talked about this recently in the um, the Sangha because people say, what is your habit? I have to do it first thing in the morning. And that means that I get up really early. Um, and I, it might not be feasible for everyone. When I had my son, it, I, when he was little, I had to adjust. But I get up at four so that I can do my yoga and meditation because I'm a much nicer person. <laughs> when I have that on a regular basis. Wow, four. Some of our guests probably meditate, but I would guess that some don't. Explain in a nutshell why meditation is so helpful for us. Mm, great question. I love your questions, Jen. The reason it is so beneficial is because it helps us start to understand the inner workings of the mind. So it helps us start to uncover where, why, and how we react, get hooked and triggered into old patterns of reactivity. And through meditation, we become much more calm, less reactive, and we become more co-creators of our world co-creators with God? Yes. Mm. So I love the phrase co-creation. Can you explain that a little more? Sure. You know, for, for me, the biggest thing I have to remember is that I am not in the driver's seat. When I am in the driver's seat, when ego is in the driver's seat, the sole focus is protection. The sole focus is making sure that my needs are met and it's all about me versus what's What's the greater good here? You know, what What I think in my limited perspective, I think that this is better. From the, if I'm able to step back and let go of the fruits of, of the, um, the benefits and just know that whatever unfolds is supposed to unfold, it's a much happier, um, less traumatic experience for me. Uh, and that's really co-creating. It's just remembering that I'm not in the driver's seat that I'm along for the ride. And that doesn't mean that I slip into the victim role either and say, well, I, I had nothing to, I, I couldn't do anything. You know, this is God's will. You know, it, it means you take these inspired action steps on a daily basis, but you surrender the fruits of, of the action. You know, I'm going to give it my best and then however it unfolds, it unfolds. I love that. You, you are not in the driver's seat and however it unfolds, it unfolds. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Share your favorite easy meal that you like to eat regularly. I love juicing. So my favorite, every morning I get up and I do a, a green juice with apple, cucumber, celery, parsley, lime, spinach, lemon, and ginger root. And it's a wonderful way uh, to start off my morning. For me, it has to be simple. So a great meal is just getting a bunch of spinach together and throwing all different kinds of seeds and fruit and uh, you know, 
in a salad bowl too. I'm very, <laughs> I, I, eating is one of my least favorite things to do. So it has to be simple. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that f- before. Eating is my least favorite thing to do. Woo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so very simple, very simple recipes. And I probably because I'm vegetarian and my husband and son are not. So for the last 17 years, we've all kind of tried to configure our eating and how to make it work for, for all of us. Do you think you could share that smoothie recipe with us? Oh, yeah. Um, I, do you want me to? I'll post it on the show notes. Yes, it's wonderful. Yes. Okay, yum. Well, and I have a cute little story. One of so in the um, Sangha, we do five e courses each year as well, and one of them is a spring cleanse. And we I share all these different recipes. And one of the moms sent a picture of her three year old son, and she said he does not eat vegetables, but he will drink this green juice every day. And he took his straw and put it in hers when he was done. He loves it so much. Oh, that's really sweet. Isn't that great? Oh, I can't wait to try this. Mm. Good, Mm-mm. yes. So what is your current favorite possession? You know, in terms of possession, it's more of a, a thing. It's my altar. And I don't have a lot of space, but I love in my office, I have a, a small table that my husband created for me so I could have an altar. And it just has some of my favorite things on it. It has a salt lamp, a um a big citrine stone that's for personal power uh, and just trinkets that were given to me by people that are really special like a Ganesh statue. Ganesh is the uh, remover of obstacles in yoga philosophy, uh, candle, a um, little bit of nature. There's a pine cone when we were out one day on a hike. So just things that I pick up then just it reminds me when I'm here working that everything is ar- around me is sacred. That's nice little reminders. Yeah. Yeah. And right in your office, that's a, a great place to put it. Right? So that it reminds me that what I'm doing is is beautiful sacred work. Well, I think it really is. You have this community where uh women can come together and learn they're not alone and that's yeah. truly beautiful sacred work, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie, what's a favorite book that you'd recommend to the vibrant happy women community? So my favorite book uh, of all times is Radical Acceptance by Tara Brock. And this um, was introduced to me by a therapist about 10 years ago. And that's really where the the true self-love healing started. And it's a book that she shares a, just some fantastic meditation techniques and different things. One of them is called The Sacred Pause. And there's a 30-second window of when something flies out of our mouth and we become reactive, where we can actually pause and change the neuro patterning in our brains so that we become less reactive. So she just shares so many fantastic tools and it's it's really just about learning to love who you are in this moment. The sacred pause. So can you tell us a little more about that? Because I sure. think I need that with my six kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, for, for many years, science thought that, you know, what we were born with in our brain is what we had and it couldn't change. And now science is is 
showing that that's not true, that we really can change the way that our neuropatterning, um, and that's how we react, how we show up. You know, we probably all have those people in our life that that are so angry or reactive, or maybe we're even that way, and we think this is just how it is. And science is saying that we can change those patterns and rewire them so that we're healthier, so that we're happier, um, and that there's actual brain chemistry that changes as we begin to change our, our habits and our conditioning. Um, and so, yeah, and so the the radical acceptance is the book, and within that, the sacred pause is one of those techniques that helps us change. You know, just by changing that thirty seconds, you know, you have that ability to change the wiring in your mind so that you're calmer, you're happier. Hmm. Yeah, by not reacting and going down the pathway you've done in the past, then you can start forming that new pathway. That makes sense. Right. Right. Well, I'll definitely have to check out that book. Yeah, it's she's just and she's uh, Tarbrock is a um, uh, Vipassana meditation teacher. Vipassana is a type of meditation. It's uh, and she actually has a podcast series on iTunes that you can download for free um, or you can donate. And she's just got such a wonderful sense of humor. She's just one of those people that, again, we talked about that authenticity where she just is so raw and honest and. For me, I love to see teachers who emulate humanness. I don't want you to be perfect where I put you on a pedestal and don't think it's achievable for me. Mm, yeah. And that seems to be the type of teacher you are, I'm guessing, in your community because you're so authentic yourself. Thank you. I try. <laughs> oh, you're great. You're great. So a, fa a favorite item on your bucket list and why? So... I loved this question because for me, a uh, bucket list item is uh, my husband and I are celebrating our 20-year anniversary yes, next year, and we are planning a mo European motorcycle trip. Both of us ride motorcycles, and um, I'm just so excited because, first of all, it, just to be in Europe, to, to be with my husband, and to be on motorcycles going through the country is just, that's been on his bucket list since, since I knew him over 20 years ago ago. Um, so it's, it'll just be fun that we can do it together. So what countries will you be going through? We haven't decided. Um, we are thinking uh, along the Mediterranean Sea so we can actually see the water, but it's still, still in the works. That sounds so nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. It'll be beautiful. Another question. What's the best advice you've ever received? You know, this actually came recently in the form of a question, uh, Marie Forleo uh, in B-School. And it was just, it just kind of stopped me in my tracks. And it was, you know, how would you change what you were doing or saying if you were the very best in the world at what you did? And the reason that changed me is what I realized is you would do it for yourself, for no one else. And I think sometimes we get sucked up in the needing to perform um, or the expectations of what everyone else around us, uh, around us expects us to do. But really, how would I show up for myself? Um, and that was powerful because I think there are often times that I try and sabotage what I'm doing or I give myself permission to skip out and not do something. And that's really changed how I treat myself. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Deciding I am the best in the world at what I do. And therefore, because of that, there's no need for self-sabotage. I'm going to do this amazingly. Right? Yeah. So it just gives you permission to really shine. Yeah, it really is. So Carrie, we're at our last question, which is, if you had to create a three to five part formula of actions or behaviors that maximize your happiness, what would that include? The first one is, I shared this earlier, it's to to remember that I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, not a human being having a spiritual experience. And if you combine that with seek the answers within, because you know more than you think you do. And then finally, take some sort of inspired action every single day. Mm. So give us a tangible example of a recent inspired action you took. I would assume by inspired, it means you were seeking answers within to figure out what that inspired action would be. Yeah, and and you know, for me, this formula is is on a daily basis. So it's you know making sure that I'm meditating every day. Um, I, there's not one specific example that's coming up, but just to show how you, this can be a part of your daily life is you know connect to source or God every day, whether it's just a, an offering of prayer, three gratitudes. Um, for me, that inspired action is within the the Sangha. We have, I created a 645-page um, book that I call Dharma in Action, and it's one part planner, um, one part spirituality, um, one part visioning. And so I, I write down every day the three most important things that I have to get done, um, and then the rest of the list. And so just combining those three, it reminds me that, you know, again, I'm being divinely guided, but at the same time, I also have to co create and be a part of that creating. Um, the life that I love, the living on my terms. Okay, that makes sense. You have to take inspired action and not just sit and wait for it to come to you. Right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yes. Carrie, I love listening to your thoughts. You are so uh, inspired and, and you have a light that just comes out of your voice. I'm so glad you could be on the show. So we'd love for our guests to give us a parting challenge, something actionable. So we'll say, give us something we can take inspired action on this week. So this week, I would encourage you to begin that self-love relationship because I think we tend to be hardest on ourselves. And so I would encourage you to do one thing, whether it's get the book, Radical Acceptance, whether if you're in a dark spot, to give yourself permission to reach out to someone and ask for help. Um, maybe take a, an hour class, yoga class for yourself, or 10 minutes to meditation and close the door and don't let your six kids come in, even though <laughs> you love them. <laughs> but some action that, that you translate as self-love. And I, I, I encourage you to do that because when we give ourselves that self-love, it gives us permission to play a bigger role in our life without sacrificing or needing to um, what I I love Brené Brown talks about hustle for our worthiness. Uh, you know, it, it just, it reminds us that we're supposed to be here and, and that the more we can give to ourselves, the more we can give to those around us. And it's true. The more we can give to ourselves, the more we can give to those around us. So 
So that's why I think you're a person of, of light, really. You nurture that and it comes out with your words and your actions. Thank you. And it wasn't always that way, you know. 22 years ago, and that's why I say, you know, just if you are in that spot, just know that it can be so much different. You know, where I am today, every day I, I finish my day with three gratitudes because there's just so many, there's so many blessings in my life and I'm just so grateful. I, I, I'm so grateful I asked for help because it does make a difference. Thank you so much for being here, Carrie. Jen, it was my pleasure. You are just a delight. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Take care. I had such a fun time talking with Carrie. She has a very soothing energy, don't you think? So a summary of this episode, along with links for everything we talked about, can be found by going to our show notes page at jenridey.com forward slash five. And that's the number five. So throughout the interview, Carrie mentioned meditation. I also love meditation, and what I like is that there are so many different ways to do it. Walking, sitting, lying down. The goal is essentially to calm the mind, and sometimes we can use it as a tool to analyze our thoughts, our beliefs, and our behaviors. One form of meditation I use regularly is the combination of calming our mind and repeating affirmations. Most of my life coaching clients use this type of meditation to change personal habits and self-limiting beliefs, and they experience really great success with this. Those who stick with it over time find that they're finally able to accomplish goals they've been working on for years, such as losing weight, making big strides in a business endeavor, or becoming more patient as a mom. I have a free ebook on this topic, and you can get your copy by going to jenrite.com forward slash meditation, or you can go to our show notes page at jenrideaycom forward slash five, where I've provided a link. On our next episode, I'll be talking with Laura Ball, who made the choice to leave college and go home to raise her younger sister after both of their parents died. Her story is all about courage to choose the hard road, especially when you know it's the right road. Can't wait to share it with you. See you then. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Vibrant Happy Women podcast at www.jenriday.com.